Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is KJ and Lions. KJ Carson and John Lyons right now on WEEI. This is a production business, okay? And everyone keeps on wanting to say, oh, he's had three offensive coordinators. He's had the... So is Lamar Jackson. So is Lamar Jackson. And he's really only had two offensive coordinators. I had Billy O'Brien and Josh McDaniels, and that's the same scheme. That's the same. There's a couple wrinkles here and there, but you're fundamentally doing the same things. It's just been tough for Mac to execute in the high-pressure situations, and it comes down to his confidence. He's lost his confidence. And once you lose your confidence in this league, it's tough. I mean, I remember there was a couple times where you drop a ball or something here or there, and, and you start thinking about it the next play. Right. Easy play. Oh, this is going to be easy. You want, And you th- when you're thinking about things, it's not allowing you to play fast. It's not allowing your subconscious to kick in and instincts to play the game for you. And that's what it's it's been right now. He's he's just lost his confidence. It, it sucks for him, but you know, that's what's happened. Good afternoon, and thank you for hanging out with KJ and Lions on WEEI six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven text line three seven ninety three seven. John, that's Julian Edelman on Colin Cowherd saying what I've been saying for the last two years. Yeah, that you know. There's been a lack of support around Mac Jones, but independent of that, KJ, as you and I have talked about many times, you've been saying for years now, he himself has not played well, independent of the lack of support he's gotten. Yeah, and, and, and here's the thing, because there, at some point, right, it's like a, if you've ever heard this adage, how far can a dog run into the woods? The answer is halfway. At some point, there is a part of me that feels like, okay, do I want to be part of this piling on instead of... You know, you know, holding up the flag, saying that, that I, I kind of told you so. I'm trying to stay away from that. But now you're almost wondering, is the balance of this franchise? Because here's the thing. The draft doesn't necessarily mean you have an answer because Mac was pulled from what? The draft. So do you feel like this franchise, the Patriots, are in kind of this quagmire balance that all surrounds Mac Jones's ability to between the pads. What's going on? Yeah, and the weird thing to me, KJ, or what really stands out is look at the interception he threw against the Colts. Right, oh. the Gasicki's wide open. He throws it, and also look back to when Bill O'Brien was yelling at him on the sidelines after that underhanded throw when he had Hunter Henry open for a touchdown. He probably could have hit Demario Douglas or Stevenson earlier. There's no doubt in my mind, KJ that rookie Mac Jones in 2021 makes both of those throws 
and the Patriots score two more touchdowns. Like, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about a guy that we've seen make extremely similar throws and extremely similar decisions successfully two years ago, and we went from that point to now they didn't even want him out there in a two-minute drill in a one-possession game to win it, and they'd rather go with a guy who was totally cold in Bailey Zappi. Whether you agree with that decision or not, that's the lack of confidence they had in him is that they were going to go with a guy 100% cold in the most important part of the game, whereas, like I said, two years ago, no doubt in my mind, he makes both of those throws, and you probably win that game comfortably. Actually, you know what happens two years ago? Belichick runs the ball and kicks for three. Right? I think that's... But I'm sorry to cut you off, KJ. I (laughs) mean, we have many examples from two years ago where he did make those throws. Right, like we have the Kendrick Bourne touchdown against Cleveland that was into double coverage, great throw. Another Bourne touchdown against Tennessee that year, the over the shoulder to James White down the sideline in week one against Miami. I mean, that was just off the top of my head, but like we have examples of him making those throws. And maybe you're right that the play calling would be a little bit different, but I'm just saying, like, in that moment, in that throw, no doubt to me, two years ago, he makes those throws and now he can't. KJ and Lions on your Saturday, six one seven, seven seven nine, seven ninety three seven. Text line 37937, still to come to Lions Den. It'll be an all-Patriots version. Plus, we'll talk Celtics. We'll get into uh, the Shohei Otani talk. So hang out. We're here with you to three. So look, going into last week, Mac Jones was ranked 24th out of 32 quarterbacks, only ahead of Jordan Love, Aiden O'Connell, Tyson Badgett, Bryce Young, Zach Wilson, Tommy DeVito, Clayton Toon, Britt, uh, and Brett Rippin. Uh, Rippin. Mac is can can we argue that he might be the best of the worst? Does that make sense? Right, he's not the worst. The other, if you said, "Hey, do you want Brett Rippin or Mac Jones?" I'm like, you know what? Let's put Mac Jones in there. We know he's won a game, but the inverse that Mac is the beginning of the best of the worst in the league. Yeah, and it, another way to say it is, you know, there are other guys that suck more right now. You know, we right. can we can say that. Yeah, look, I, I would agree, and I think there is. Something to that, you know, is he the best of the world? Is he the 27th quarterback? Which, you know, when Mac Jones came out of the draft, what was the book on him? Oh, he might not have the highest ceiling. He won't be, you know, the uh, second or third best quarterback in the league, but he'll have a higher floor, right? He'll never get worse than 20. He'll never get worse than 17. Whatever number you want to put on it. That was the talk. You know, he's got this higher floor. Now we're seeing, I mean, he's well below his floor for his potential. I mean, he's in the basement for his potential. He's down, what would you say, was 20 fourth 26 that was that was going into last yeah. week before they played the game in germany i i don't when i looked at this the numbers weren't out for let for this week and there's I'm a good sure thing it's worse you know, it's worse because again what i saw in germany you, you almost felt like okay this team needed to get away it needed to play a game not only on the road but out of the country so that way the noise would not be immediate but it, again Almost the good nature and the good, uh, let's call it currency, that the Patriots already built with Brady coming over there a few years ago is all seemingly but gone because it's like, hey, this is not the team or even a facsimile of it that we're seeing that we were expecting to see in Germany. And, and, and look, I, I, you know, I do remember the Patriots teams like when I was a kid of like 89 and 90, the Ron Russ days. I know I'm going before your time when you had four quarterbacks. It was like Wilson. Uh, Doug Flutie had popped up on the on the radar because he had come over from Chicago and was like the fourth quarterback. Those were bad times, but at the same time, this wasn't a franchise that had won anything. Now you have a franchise that's won virtually everything or you had to beat it to win it, and now you're going through these growing pains. And so do you feel like, and this is just what I think, 
that there seems to be maybe a behind-the-scenes tug-of-war between what Bill Belichick wants to win the locker room and the team by putting someone out there who gives them a better shot of not making mistakes versus, say, what ownership may want and saying, hey, Mac is still a new guy, and because of part of the narrative that all these support systems around him have been kind of failing, that Belichick may he's like, i got to win a game next week, and management might be like, okay, we want this guy to have at least another shot into next year. Yeah, look, I think ideally, if you're ownership, the ideal scenario for you is that Mac turns it around and plays well. And the only way for him to do that is to continue playing. So, like, if you're one of the crafts, you probably want Mac to keep playing because you were high on this guy. You talked him up. He had a good rookie year. And let's not forget, you chose to say, okay, Bill, you can move on from Brady. We won't extend him. And so this is, I think, a little bit of a residual of that decision where, okay, we chose to move on from Brady, so we really want the next guy to work out. And Mac, and I know they had the Cam Newton year in between, but Mac is essentially the next franchise. He's supposed potential. to be the answer. Yeah, right. right. So I think they really want him to work out for that, but also just they were high on him, and they saw how well he played. And I think the other piece of it, too, there's nobody on this roster that we can really look at and say, oh, yeah, he would definitely go in and be better than Mac. Like, and, and we can say, hey, Zappy might make this individual play better than Mac or whatever, but like, it's not like you have a guy there that you're, oh, he would go in and he would be much better than Mac, and we definitely would have beat the Colts with him. We definitely would have beat the Commanders with him a couple of weeks ago. Like, I, I just think they don't have that guy on the roster. It's not a, you know, Brady Garoppolo situation where Brady gets suspended. You win two games with Garoppolo and another with Brissett. I just don't, I, I think that's, I think if they had a better guy behind Mac, we might not have seen Mac even start the last few weeks. Well, to okay. go on to that, uh, John, is exactly what KJ just said. He's the best of the worst. Yeah, <laughs> so right. another, yeah and, I guess and, on the team, too. Right. Yeah. right, Joe's right. And here's the other part. This goes back to, like, if Belichick wanted to go get a guy to get in there and say, look, Mac needs to just reset and watch, would that, would that be frowned upon from Kraft? Right? Wouldn't it be like, no, this is the guy? Because you would almost say, gosh, with these issues that Mac has been having, who has really been his backup sage? Right? Like, even if you look at Bryce Young, who's a totally different style quarterback than Andy Dalton, you say when they put Andy Dalton in there, the offense moves. Possibly you know that the narrative would be like, hey, if Andy Dalton could win a game, you know that Belichick would ride Andy Dalton, make sure he kept that locker room because we've seen reports that it's probably 80-20 that people are tuned out on Mac inside the locker room. That if if the narrative, see, that's why I say this isn't so much Brady versus Belichick as it's starting to bellow, uh, is starting to uh, kind of bubble up potentially Belichick versus upper management and and Mac Jones on the upper management side. Yeah, and, and that that's a concern I have. And and I think too, if you're the ownership group, you know, you came into this year thinking your team would be pretty good, you know, better than last year, and you look around at the supporting cast of Mac. And again, Mac has not played well independently. We know that. I'll say that for the the rest of the season if I need to, so people will hear it. But the supporting cast around him is really poor. I mean, think about how bad the offensive line was from weeks what, two through seven, and he was just getting obliterated and how guys can't get open and they drop balls. So if you're in the ownership suite, yeah, you, you look at Mac not playing well, but then you look at like, wow, this roster is just not good. I remember we saw Jonathan Kraft on camera during the Washington game saying we're not good enough. Like they got to look at this whole roster 
and say, wow, this, I mean, look at Tua in Miami has, you know, arguably the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. Look at Josh Allen has Stephon Diggs and a solid offensive line. I know they've been well, some inconsistencies. Well, look at the Jets. Even Zach well, Wilson John, here's the has other side Garrett of Wilson and a better defense. Well, John, here's the other side of that. This team has not been historically that bad to go after and get a Garrett Wilson. Yep. And the quarterback has been pretty historically bad that free agents aren't kicking down the door saying, hey, you know, I can help complete what they're trying to accomplish there. So, again, you, this is where it's like in the past, Malik Cunningham probably gets a little more development because of what's been developing. Last year at this time, I said going into this season, don't be surprised if there isn't some type of quarterback competition between Zappy and Mac. Not that Mac and Zappy are equal in talent, but I felt like there wasn't necessarily going to be a progression just because Bill O'Brien got here. And so here we are now, what, going into week 12. So we're in in the off week. We're sitting here discussing that Mac has laid two eggs. Zappy, I mean, granted, he laid an egg at the end of last game. I think he's laid more than two eggs. And fair enough, right? You know, fair enough. Like, I'm trying to stay away from the piling on, which some people say that I'm just a hater. But Mac has laid a couple of eggs. Zappy has not been prepared to even be anything better than what he was last year, which was just a flash. And then you have another guy who, the only guy who showed any flash in preseason, isn't getting developed to the point where you say, okay, if there's going to be garbage time, if you're going to only score three points against the Cowboys, why is Malik Cunningham at least not in there trying to run some basic plays to see what you potentially have? I think the old Bill would have been able to do that, but because the narrative about Mac, and you remember first year, he was number five in like jersey sales, he was only behind Brady and a couple of other guys. All that merch that was going on, the narrative that was being built about him, that he was a pro bowler, even though he's an alternate, that I think the management is still in love with that guy, but that guy isn't doing what a boyfriend needs to do to keep the relationship healthy. Yeah, that guy is not, it's not right now, in this season, not the same guy, right? I mean, think about, and I'm not trying to pile on here either, but how many times have we seen Mac really play at a high level this year? I would say, you know, the last three quarters against Philly and the game against Buffalo, he played at a high level in both of those games. Other than that, we've seen either bad play or a lot of inconsistent play. And I think you're right. I think, you know, the the upper management level, and I bet you even the coaching staff looks at it like, hey, this guy was pretty good two years ago. This guy, yeah, he didn't play that well last year, but we only were one game under 500. Why is it not better than this? Like, I, I think that they're all looking at it that way, and, and maybe ownership more so because they were, I think, so invested in this guy and not just the moving on from Brady piece, but also, you know, hey, you used a first-round pick in this guy. He was had a good rookie season. You thought he would be better this year. You bring in Bill O'Brien, which I think, look, I think Belichick and O'Brien work well together, but I think that was as much an ownership thing saying, hey, we need a real offensive coordinator here than it was a Bill thing. So I think they're so invested in that, and I think to see him – play this poorly at times is I think it's baffling to them on one end but I think it's really frustrating and they want to try to ride it out to see if he can somehow turn it around because they're so invested. Conversation continues here with KJ and Lines on WEEI join in 617-779-7937 text line 37937. Right now it's time to trend with Joe Braverman. 
Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Well, it was near disaster for the Celtics last night up in Toronto. They led by as much as 16 at halftime over the Raptors, but fortunately they held on in Toronto to move get their fifth straight win, 109-103 over the Raptors. They moved to 2-0 in group play of the in-season tournament. Six of the seven Celtics that played, scoring in double figures with Jalen Brown leading the way at 23. But even he said post-game, eh, we could be a little bit better. We uh, kind of sucked tonight. We didn't play our best, um, but we figured out how to win. Anyway, we didn't make a lot of shots. Um, defensively, we let them score a lot in transition. We knew that before the game that they were going to try to push and score in transition, and we let them get a lot of transition points tonight. Um, so I think you know, we didn't play our best game, but we still found a way to win. Celtics now have the league's best record at 10-2. and They'll continue their road trip tomorrow in Memphis against the last-place Grizzlies. There won't be any reunion with former Celtic Marcus Smart. He has been ruled out for the next three to five weeks with a right foot sprain. The Bruins are back in action after four days off. They'll host the Canadians at the TD Garden tonight for a 7 o'clock puck drop. This comes a week after Montreal defeated Boston on their home ice in overtime, 3-2 to two off the ice. Reports have come out that say veteran Milan Lucic was arrested last night in an alleged domestic dispute. The team released a statement saying Lucic is taking an indefinite leave of absence and won't comment further on the situation. The Patriots are on to their bye week. They'll be back in the facilities on Monday to get ready to face the New York football giants. The big news from the NFL yesterday, Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow out for the season with a torn ligament in his right wrist. This is according to their head coach, Zach Taylor. And the Red Sox made their first move of the Craig Breslow era. They traded infielder Luis Arias to the Seattle Mariners for right-handed reliever Isaiah Campbell. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WBEI and WBEI.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Kickin. KJ and Lions. WEEI. Good Saturday, too. Yeah. What do you know about that, Lions? Not much, KJ. 779 text line. There you go. It's free. Odyssey app free. If you're just joining us, 
we're, we're talking about this situation with Mac Jones, Belichick, and ownership. And we're saying, look, we really believe that ownership is very high on Mac. And I'm thinking, and I think it goes back to last year, because think about how many times has Mac Jones been pulled from a game in the last two seasons? Four? Yeah, well, there was the Monday night game against Chicago. Right. And I think, what well, we've seen two this year, right? Because there was the Colts game and the Saints game. Oh, and the Cowboys game? So the four Cowboys. times. Yeah, so four times. Three this year, four in the last two. And I would also argue, KJ, that of those four times, Monday night football against the Bears was not only bizarre, but on a massive stage. The Cowboys game, 425 game, you know, nationally televised, massive spot. And then, of course, the Germany game. So three of his polls have been in huge nationally televised spots. Exactly. But here's the thing. I'll even be fair and say when something happens for a first time, anything's possible, right? I mean, gosh, Brett Favre has been yanked from games early in his career. Other guys have gone through this, but it usually doesn't get progressively worse. It only tends to get better. So to get pulled in three out of, what, 10 games? 11 games? Yeah, I mean, really, it's like three out of the last eight, you know, if you want to go there, but yeah. Yeah, and, and, and here's the other part of it, and we'll get to your calls here at 617-779-7937, text line 37937 here in a moment, is at what point does Belichick have to make a decision for the team despite this guy wanting to be the guy for the ownership. You you mentioned like the acquisitions. You almost say that if you don't believe in the quarterback, do you really believe that you're going to get the best of the best in terms of free agents to come in? Unless you, I mean, if you overpay for him, you will. But yeah, I mean, and we saw 20 years, but we saw 20 years of evidence of that, of guys coming to the Patriots because, hey, I want to play with Brady and I want to play for Bill and I'll take a little less money. I mean, we saw now, obviously that, doesn't happen really I mean it happens with Mahomes in Kansas City maybe we'll see if it happens with Joe Burrow we'll see what Jamar Chase T Higgins Tyler Boyd if they can keep all those guys there but I mean it used to be that way here obviously not that way here anymore so yeah if you want to get those guys you've got to either trade for them draft them or overpay in free agency now look what it used to be was I knew that the defense would not lose games and Brady can win games now it's the defense will keep you in a game, but the offense won't win you games. Yeah. So if you're an offensive side of the ball player, that's different than what it was before because at least you know your quarterback had a chance to win the game and you've seen it. How many times have you seen players go, that damn Tom Brady? Now you don't, like even to the point, you remember the, 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 the statement, like if you still had a top 15 quarterback, the team would perform the same and it was a bit of, a, a bit of an issue. Well, there is a little bit of truth to it because it would perform better. If you had a top 15 quarterback here now, we're not talking about a 2-18. and 18. We're not talking about a 2-19. and 19. We're, we're probably talking about a team that's always fighting to be in the playoffs or at least makes it through a couple of rounds. I, th- I just don't see where there's an, uh, an idea of attaching yourself to winning football on the offensive side of the ball as long as Mac Jones is your quarterback. Yeah, and just for reference, KJ, the guy right now who's 15th in passer rating, Sam Howell, and I think if you had Sam Howell on this team, just playing like he has this year, yeah, probably would have more than two wins. And I also will say, if you had Sam Howell's receivers, you'd probably, I mean, they've lost at least two games because of wide receiver play. Like, I think that Philly game, if they, Kayshawn Booty can get his feet in, in bounds, two separate times he didn't get him in bounds, you get him in bounds one of those times, maybe you win, especially the second one. Washington, I mean, Jalen Rager had a 
50-yard touchdown pass hit off both of his hands. Juju Smith-Schuster had the last pass hit off both of his hands. So, like, if you have Washington's wide, not just Sam Howell, but Washington's receivers, you probably win it. And, KJ, you mentioned the defense, and I think you're correct. By my count, this defense has played well enough to win seven games, maybe eight <laughs> this year. Really, if you if you peel back the layers, like... They the clearly New- won four last year. Yeah, the the New Orleans game, I thought the defense did not play well enough to win. And the second Miami game, I thought they didn't play well enough to win. Pretty much every other game, and I didn't think they played great against Washington, but they still only gave up, what, 20 points or whatever it was. So pretty much every other game, they've played well enough to win. Like, even Dallas, people look back, oh, they lost 38-3. to Yeah, the defense gave up 23 total points and I think one touchdown in that game. Like week one against Philly, the defense gave up 18 total points and six of them were off two 50-yard field goals. Like the defense has played well enough to win at least seven, if not eight games. And the special teams has been bad. And I know we don't talk about special teams enough on this radio because I think no one would call in if we did, KJ. But (laughs) offensively, their special teams and offense has just killed them. Time and time again. And it's been different guys. Some but weeks cr- it's Max, sometimes receivers, sometimes O line. Killed him. But to cross reference sports here, just kind of cross pollinate. In essence, what the Patriots defense is doing is playing goalie on the front line on a power play, right? Like you like yeah. like we're we're the offense, you know, more so than any defense is needed because the games that you mentioned was all predicated on the offense starting slow, turnovers early, giving up points that if it has to come down to Kayshawn Booty's feet being in bounds for you to win the game or uh, Cole Strange, uh, you know, back lateral to try and win a game, what that tells me is there were chances for you to win the game early or to put the defense in a situation where all they had to do was stop and that's what they can do, and now you're having to do more. It's like me in high school towards the end of the school year, John, your school teacher, you understand how students do this. Uh, you have so much potential, so much potential. Then comes April and you want to hang out, and suddenly you're doing A work. Now, you're not going to get an A grade, but you know, and that's what happens. You know, when you've been doing D and F work at the beginning of the school year, you can't expect to walk away with B's and A's because suddenly you did something really good towards the end. And and that's where I think where you're seeing some of these stories in terms of, you know, the, the locker room is 80-20 so off of Mac is because, hey, the defense has to do more than what they're asked to do. And then when the game comes down into balance, it becomes, oh, well, someone dropped the ball or they didn't get their feet in. It's like there's so many other things that led to that one final point that people concentrate on that final point you know, like, think about how many people are saying, oh, man, no, Gusecki, he, he, he made the first down. You know, I mean, Cole Strange, he'd gotten the, he, he, you know, he was, he'd he, he got the first down. Yeah. If, if you have to do that, then it says that there are bigger issues happening before you even get to that point. Oh, and I would agree, too. Like, you look at that pick six in, on the first drive against Philly or Zeke Elliott's fumble. Like, I, I, I don't dispute that, but the point is, is that some weeks Mac has really let, like, I think against Dallas and New Orleans, Mac really let them down. I think in that first quarter against Philly, Mac let them down, but then he was let down, or, or they were let down by other pieces. And I think the receivers let them down against Washington. I think the offensive line let them down several different times. I, I would argue against Miami in week two and some other, like against the Colts, the offensive line was awful. So th- that's been, and, and to me, KJ, when we look forward, right? I know we're only halfway through the season here, but when you look forward to, hey, they're going to have. All this draft capital, higher in rounds, they're going to have all this cap space and money to spend. Well, you don't just have one or two areas that you're concerned about, right, on offense. And I'm not saying you've got to replace all 11 guys, but like 
you you're, you're looking at it Everybody's now like a candidate. <laughs> yeah, you're looking at it now like, hey, we we need one or two better receivers. We might need a new tight end. We might need one or two you know new tackles or a new tackle and a new interior offensive line. And we might have to change the quarterback. Like it's not like it's oh hey our receivers stink and that's one thing to to focus on and we'll load it. Or to, it's like you look at every position, even running back. And I love Zeke Elliott, but. Right. Behind Stevenson, you don't have a long-term backup or long-term partner. Like, I don't think Zeke's going to be here for three or four years. No. So, like, even that, like, every position group on this team, you can look at and say they need some sort of significant upgrade going forward because every position group except maybe running back has let them down in losses this year. KJ and Lines on WEEI, 617-779-7937, text line 37937. Let's go to Bob in Manchester. Bob, thanks for calling KJ and Lines. You're on the air. Yeah, guys, I just want to just point out a couple of things in my opinion regarding Mac Jones. We have a subpar offensive line. We have one and a half tight ends. As far as I'm concerned, we have zero wide receivers. We lost our two best defensive players, and everybody's beating Mac Jones up like it's all his fault. It's ridiculous. Let's get him some players to play with. They're not coming. I, you, you could bring any quarterback in here, and they're, they're not going to win any more games than, than Mac Jones is with this with this particular team. Bob, thanks for the call. Yeah, look. Watch, w- John, watch this. Yeah, go ahead. The Patriots have more passing yards than the Steelers, Titans, Browns, Raiders, Jags, and more receiving touchdowns than the Raiders, Jags, Browns, Steelers. All of them have an alpha dog ride receiver one. So you're going to tell me that they've got more touchdowns and more passing yards than teams that have uh, Pickens, that have uh, DeAndre Hopkins, that has Amari Cooper, that has Devontae Adams, that has Calvin Ridley? (laughs) There you go. If these are the weapons you need, I just pointed to teams that have better weapons, weapons we would die for here, and they have less touchdowns receiving and less passing yards. Yeah, and look, you pointed out Tennessee, though. There's no doubt in my mind if the Patriots had signed DeAndre Hopkins instead of them, they'd have two more wins right now. Like, he would have made one of those catches against Washington. He would have made a play against Philadelphia late. So, but yeah, I mean, and we've talked about this. They have a bad quarterback situation as well. Oh, 100%. And, like, again, Mac has not played well, but I do believe the supporting cast around him has let him down pretty significantly. Like, he's faced 114 total pressures this year per PFF, which on its face, KJ, that's 15th. That's not that bad, right? 15th, middle of the pack. However, I would argue that of the 14 guys who have faced more pressures than him, uh, 13 of them have at least one, if not two, really good skill players they can get the ball out too quickly and get first downs, which Mac doesn't have. So, like we're so, talking about, like Washington has faced more pressures than him. Look at that receiving core. The Jets have faced more pressure than him. Look at Garrett Wilson. Philly, we know how great their receivers are, and part of that's Jalen Hurts holds the ball a little bit longer. But these teams, Miami, like we know how fast Waddle and Hill can get open. So when Tua does face pressure, he can get it out. Like I think that's the thing. Like I do think the offensive line has been near the bottom of the league. In pass it was block horrible win rate, last year. It pass, was horrible last year. Pass block, I think it was better last year than it was this year. But that was the argument the, last year. But, <laughs> like, he has been let down, I think, pretty significantly by his supporting cast. But again, independent of that, your supporting cast can let you down, and you can still throw the touchdown to Mike Kosicki against Indy to win the game. 
Like, you, like, what's the old phrase? Is that good players make bad players look good, or something like that? Yeah, but when everyone around you is subpar, it's tough. You can only go up so far. I thought the comment like, was everybody looks the same when the lights are out. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. I don't know. Three seven ninety three seven. Justin in New Hampshire, thanks for joining us here on KJ and Lions. You're on the air. Hey guys, how are you? Uh, happy Saturday. Hey, I just wanted to I wanted to comment on um, that last caller. That was that was probably one of the least intelligent things I've ever heard on Sports Talk Radio. Oh, be saying honest, that, I don't uh, think you've listened he, to enough got, Sports Talk Radio. Justin. You haven't heard my parody. Well, no, <laughs> no, but just hear me out. I mean, that comment where he said that. Uh, any other quarterback wouldn't w- would come in here and you know wouldn't do the same thing. That was just garbage. But here's my point: when things started to go south with Brady and Belichick, we had to end it right because there was just no coming back from it. That was after a sustained 20 year run. This locker room, these players clearly have zero confidence, not just in Mac Jones, but the players around them, and I also think the coaching staff and the organization as a whole. If they do not blow this thing up, if they don't get away from the Belichick model, the model doesn't work anymore. 12's not under center. And that's clear. If you had given me 10 years more of Belichick or two more of Brady, I would take Brady every single step of the way. They've got to blow it up. This is a disaster. And I'm, I'm frankly, I'm embarrassed for Kraft. He's allowed this to happen. He's put a bad product on the field, and ultimately it comes to him. Justin, thanks for the call. You know, it's interesting. There are some parallels between... Robert Kraft and Belichick, right? Because when Kraft comes and buys the team, the team is pretty much on its way down 84. You know, like, come to stores. We've got a football team here. Yeah. But look, it, he, he came and saved the he, – he kept the franchise here. Let's just call the amenities what they were. Some high school benches were better than what was in the stadium. Oh, yeah. And, and within five years was the beginning uh, – within about six, seven years was the beginning of probably the greatest dynasty that sports has seen, at least in color, right? I, the Babe Ruth stuff, you could say, oh, the Yankees. And I'm like, how's that dude all that and only made one All-Star game? But uh, that's another thing. Also, the, too, they had no right. free agency to deal with back then. Right, so right, it's, it's right. a little different. You want to yeah. lead? Get out of the league. Yeah. So, and, and I think the same thing with Belichick is that as this franchise is hitting the stride, the two guys are together. And, and if, even if you go back slightly before, right when you had Parcells, and that was a bitter taste in the mouth, you know, lose the Super Bowl, ride on a separate playback, I'm out of here. You know, that we're now at this point where only after a couple of years, there's a crisis point for people feeling like the team needs to be blown up and Belichick needs to go. I think there's a there's a more feasible way for it to happen where Belichick is probably gone after next year and Kraft probably is going to completely turn everything over. I But blowing it up makes it sound like, okay, something has to be destroyed on the way out, and nothing was destroyed. Even Tom went and got a Super Bowl in a losing division, and people forget in his last season they had a losing record, but they still made the playoffs because the NFC South is so bad. So there has to be some type of grace for Belichick on the way out as well, just the same way there probably should be some grace for Kraft moving forward as he probably completely turns the team over. Yeah, and look, KJ, I am probably one of the biggest Patriots fans out there. Okay? Uh, I don't, Fitzy I, will argue that. I don't have the joke. Twitter following that Fitzy <laughs> John, has. you are so lucky there's but, no six months uh, postgame show. But I, I, no, no, I, I said <laughs> one up. I said one up. Like, I love the Patriots, and I want them to win, obviously, every single week. And what I see is, like, this year they've been horrible, but it's the first time they've really been horrible since the year 2000. So there's part of me that says, all right, I'd be willing to have Belichick come back 
if Kraft goes to him and says, look, we're going to invest multiple high draft picks and a lot of mo- a lot more money in offense. And if Bill says yes, fine, we'll do that, and he'll come back. If Bill says no, then okay, maybe make a change. But I think the people that are like, oh, just fire him no matter what, get him out of here no matter what, like, I first of all, I think he's, like, I don't want to say he's earned not that because, if again, if they're that bad, then fine. But I think there can be a better solution than just, oh, fire him and, and no matter what. Like, if yeah. you can say, hey, Bill, you're going to be coaching, because I still believe he's a really good coach, but, hey, we're going to invest heavily in offense. Because think about their defense, where well, John, they've invested, is really not bad. Like, Let me ask you this. Yeah. The heavy investment in offense Yep. Does that not mean the quarterback has to go? I'm I'm open to it, right? I'm open potentially. But look at the other side of the ball. Like, what have they done in recent years? And I know Cole Strange and Tyquan Thornton were their first two picks last year, which were bad picks. And some blame Bill, some blame Mac. And Jack Jones is gone. But look at where they've over the last five years. They've invested reasonably heavy in defense, whether it's Judon Barmore, Keon White, Kyle Duggar, Josh Uche, Gonzalez. Their defense is pretty good. Like it was good last year. That's because what that's what Bill does. It's good this year, but it's also where they've. And I'm not saying I I know Max a first round pick, and I know Cole Strange is a first round pick, but beyond those guys, we haven't seen a heavy investment. I mean, look at their offensive line. Cole Strange is a first round pick. Nobody else on the offensive line I think was taken in the first two rounds at all, and none of those guys are big money guys. Look at their receiver core. Your best guy is a sixth round pick in Demario Douglas, right? Like their running back core. But your Stevenson's good is a first round bust no, no. at this point. Hey, I'm and I'm not. But my point is that they've really only made three higher end investments in offense in the last what four years. I mean, Matt, and and of course they were. You could say they were the wrong ones, sure. But you're still only making three high end investments. And if you want to put Hunter Henry and his contract in there too, but it's still not to me comparable to the investment they've made on defense over the last five years. And you see the difference in the two units. This is KJ and Lines, WEEI. Good Saturday to you. Thanks for starting your afternoon with us. 617-779-7937. Text line 37937. Conversation continues next, and we got the Lines then. Thanks for hanging out. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. KJ and Lions, W-E-E-I. Good Saturday to you. 617-779-7937. Text line. 37937. If you missed any little ditties here on the show, the Odyssey app is free. Just download the app, play it on your Alexa device, say, Hey, Alexa, play W E E I Boston. 
and you've got us right here. All right, let's go to Mike in Maine. Mike, thanks so much for calling KJ and Lions. You're on the air. Hey, you know, um, I, I remember a few years ago that Dallas actually, in one of their drafts, drafted like three offensive linemen or four offensive linemen. And the end result wasn't Dallas getting to the Super Bowl or anything, but it did make Tony Romo look good, and they were in some playoff games. I'm just thinking that maybe if we are to rebuild, can we, uh, is it viable to rebuild in chunks when it comes to different positions, I guess? Mike, thanks for the call. Absolutely, I, I totally agree. I think you go get a mix of free agent, offensive linemen, and mix them in with rookies where you probably have a rotating seven-man guy, seven-man thing kind of going on, John, would you say? And then you can probably readdress Mac Jones one more time <laughs> to see if he's the guy. Yeah, like the way I look at it is, and I I know we can't get too far ahead because we don't know the draft order yet, but like if right. you can get Marvin Harrison Jr., take him because he's that good, I think. <sighs> Other than that, though, yeah, I'm a big proponent of build through the offensive line early because even – like I think City So could be a pretty good offensive lineman, but he's yeah. a later round pick. He's going to take another year to develop. And if you look at their offensive line, it's been bad most of this year. But Trent Brown has actually been pretty good. But you can't depend on him long term. Mike Onwenu, you got to resign, but you still probably need another tackle. You know, to cover Trent Brown's eventual departure, and you need another interior O lineman because Cole Strange has been inconsistent this year. David Andrews is on the other side of 30 now. And at right guard, again, I kind of like City so, but he's not a sure thing by any means. So, like, if they walk away from free agency in the draft with three new offensive linemen next year, like, I think that's A, totally possible, and B, I think they'd probably be better off. Yeah, if anything grades anything close to Panay Sewell, I don't care. You take that guy, number one. Pinay Sewell, How good I think is that guy? 930-something snaps. Pressure, uh, snaps with, right. and allowed one pressure? Like right. That's and, unreal. And, and look what Jared Goff has become now, a yeah. legit quarterback, where he doesn't have this exceedingly skill set that everybody screams about. David Amherst, thanks for calling KJ and Lions. You're on the air. Hey, guys. Thanks for the time. Uh, you know, I just want to say about Mac Jones, I, I, you know, the last six games of his rookie year, he was terrible. Uh, his arm strength has never gotten better. You could say about every game every, for the other team, even more than ours, like, oh, if he caught this, if they had done that, if the refs had done this, he's been bad. You know, he's just everything stems from the quarterback. Without that, you're, you have no team. So they got to draft high. They got to get a quarterback. They got to move on ASAP. It's just not going to work with Mac Jones. Thanks, Dave, thank, thanks for the call. I mean, they made the same argument about Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, so why can't it apply here? Yeah, and, and I would be open to, like, if you get the second overall pick and you can take Drake May, like, I'm fine. Uh, stay away. That. No, no because... I, and I know your thing about North Carolina. I, I know. I, just the overall point, like, you can upgrade at QB. I mean, personally, I love Jaden Daniels out of LSU, and maybe you can get that guy in the late first or early second round. But well, that, that's, that's, that's the argument. That's a conversation though, for April. But, that's yeah. the argument, though, yeah. is that it feels like it's one of the more deeper quarterback classes in recent history. So do they take yeah. the gamble of, like, getting the, a Marvin Harrison Jr. The only and thing then I wait? Would, the only thing I'd say to that, Joe, and, and I do agree with you like hey if you could if you got marvin harrison jr third overall and then at 28th you you know you trade up and you get Jaden daniels i would come into the studio and i'd give you and kj a hug i'd be that happy the only thing i would <laughs> I say would to that more than a hug <laughs> the money only thing, would be better the only thing i would <laughs> say to that though is 
Didn't we hear that about 2021? Yeah. Right? And look at that 2021 draft. Like, I think Trevor Lawrence is good. He's legit. Zach Wilson's been bad. Trey Lance has already been traded. Justin Fields, we really don't know what to make of he's him, but he's clashed with his coaches. Right. And Mac has been bad the last year and a half call, whatever. But, like, so even that draft, like, oh, there's five first-round picks. These guys are – this is going to be one of the deepest QB drafts ever. It's like that draft in 83 with Dan Marino and John Elway, whatever year that was. Like, one of those guys is good right now. Yeah, like, so that, that that's my only concern. And, again, I love Jaden Daniels. I'll give you guys a hug if they get him in the late first, early second. But you do still have to be cautious here. And I think the best scenario, KJ, and I know mm-hmm. people listening to this might tell me I'm nuts – the best scenario for the Patriots is that in the next seven games, however many they have left, seven games, Mac Jones looks like a franchise QB, but you still get a top ten pick. John, because then you feel good about at the end of the show. <laughs> I'm just no, but in the dream world scenario, because then drug you're like, oh, we don't, the we don't have to take a quarterback in the top five. Like you want to be able to go into the top five and say we're going to take the best player, whether it's an offensive tackle, a receiver. Maybe you love Brock Bowers at tight end. I, I don't know. Look, I think you know what I think the best case scenario for the Patriots is what happened to Seattle uh, uh maybe about 10 11 years ago where I forgot the guy's name he was the backup Matt Flynn Matt Flynn went to Seattle got that big deal sports and, business hall of famer right and then there you go in the third round you find Russell Wilson so hopefully there's a gem that you can find second third round that can come in and actively compete for the spot and not have to worry about going through a, a first-round guy all over again because I don't think it's going to take a first-round-level quarterback to beat out the quarterback that's here. All right, let's go to oh, Lewis yeah. in the truck. Lewis, thanks for calling KJ and Lions. Right before we get to Lions, Dan, you're on the air, Lewis. Uh, yes, sir. I wanted to propose something. I don't know if you think that's going to work. How about uh, bringing back um, Mac Jones and uh, the former uh, offensive coordinator? Uh, Josh McDaniels? Yeah, Josh McDaniel and get some weapons to surround Mac Jones because Mac Jones was thriving on the Josh McDaniel, right? And yes. Well, so so I think if you surround him with some talent and uh, bring back um, the offensive coordinator, I think you know that could uh, work in the future, don't you think? Uh, Lewis, thanks for the call. I, I don't want to see any more old Patriots walking through the door. By the way, Josh McDaniels might end up in Buffalo. So that's okay. Josh Allen's best year was with Brian Dable. Because remember, about a year and a half ago, some were wondering was Josh McDaniels potentially the heir apparent to Belichick when Belichick stepped away? And I wondered if the answer was no for management, and then he took the Raiders' job and then brought the GM with him. Because think about it. When it's rare, usually you fire the GM first and then the coach. They fired the coach and the GM at the same time because the coach brought the GM. So I, you know, I don't want to see Josh McDaniels come back in here because it's like, you know, you can't put old, you can't put new wine bottles in old wineskins. I would like Josh to come back, but the issue is, I think it would be awkward if Bill O'Brien's still here. Like, what are you going to do? Is Josh just going to be some consultant while O'Brien's here? Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Look, I personally think. Josh might take like next year off or go to Buffalo and Bill O'Brien will be here. But what if Bill O'Brien says, hey, I'm going to go take that Texas A&M coaching job that's open. I had pretty good success at Penn State. Well, then I, then I would want Josh back. I, I'm open to jo- I'm a big supporter of Josh McDaniels as an offensive coordinator, not a head coach. So I, I would I would want him back. But but a bride's I don't think it works eventually becomes very bitter inside of a wedding. 
You know, yeah. if you're always a bridesmaid and people are like, you know what, you had a couple of He's had marriages. two chances to be the groom in both times. Yeah, it, it, there you go. You know what? We have given the show to the people that we're going to have to move the lines then into the next break. So let's continue the conversation about the Patriots because we got to get to the Belichick aspect and this whole thing about these rumors of him moving. It's the one million times a zero theory. That's next here on WEEI. Thanks for hanging out with KJ and Lions. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, 